Welcome to AJHP Voices, a series of discussions with AJHP authors and interviews focused on contemporary issues that drive health outcomes. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. Its mission is to advance science, pharmacy practice, and health outcomes. This is William Selmer for AJHP Voices. I'm speaking with two of the co-authors of the article, Practice-Enhancing Publications about the Medication Use Process in 2019. With me is Dr. Tyler Vest, who is from the Pharmacy Department at Duke University Hospital in Durham, North Carolina, and Dr. Stephen Eckel with the Eshelman School of Pharmacy, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Stephen, to begin our conversation, could you comment on why it's important for health system pharmacists to keep up with practice-enhancing publications about the medication use process? Yeah, thank you very much for that question. And, and um, I reflect back when I was a pharmacy student and a pharmacy resident, um, when I would be on, on clinical rotations, um, we would spend a lot of time sort of reviewing the literature uh, understanding the quality of the literature, and then seeing how we can apply it to the patient in front of us. And this obviously is all about evidence-based medicine. And so those principles were instilled in me as a, as a young pharmacist early in their career. As I tran transitioned to a career in pharmacy administration, uh, which both includes management and leadership, um, I often wondered about the literature that supports what we do, why we do it, and, and how we do it. And when I started sort of unpacking that literature, some of which going back to the 1950s and 60s, um, you know, I began really sort of understanding there is a, a science base and a literature base that impacts how we distribute medications, how we utilize our human resources, and then how we lead our department. But unfortunately, as I, as I talked to pharmacy leaders, um, I didn't feel that they stayed on top of the literature to the same degree that our pharmacists um, taking care of patients are. And, and part of that is, is that, uh, you know, we are very busy. There's a lot going on. And it's hard to sort of really scour the literature to try to have um, to really sort of know what, what it is and, and make the best decisions based upon it. So um, recognizing that sort of both gap, but also that need, um, we decided to sort of try to distill down sort of the literature into one place so that uh, individuals that are needing to get access to this information can get it in one place and in a sort of a, um, in, in a sort of a bite-sized, you know, sort of information that would allow them to to utilize that so that they can ensure that the areas that they have responsibility for are really following the literature and having optimal outcomes. Very good. Well, Tyler, I'd like to turn to you. I think it'll be helpful to listeners if we summarize uh, briefly the methodology uh, behind uh, this article. Uh, about 4,000 articles from 2019 were identified in your initial screening. Then the four co-authors identified articles that were potentially the most impactful. Uh, 
on medication use process, and that yielded 75 candidates. Uh, what was your operational definition for most impactful articles? Yeah, Bill, thanks for having me today. I'm glad to be here and, and glad, uh, definitely welcome the opportunity to talk about the article. You know, as you talked about, we started out with over 4,000 articles, and really as we tried to exclude them, we looked at, you know, what what is the article about looking at the title and, and the applicability, and we were looking at mesh keywords, we're looking at tables of contents of journals, and we're excluding a lot of articles based off of duplicates and perceived interventions in the study, which really brings us down um, just to after two screens to that 77 articles that you mentioned. We're look, and when we look at that 77 articles, what we're looking at in terms of most impactful is articles that all authors have agreed on that, that feel that the intervention being discussed is impactful. And then also we're looking at, you know, where what types of, of, of publication is it? What, what is it evaluating? What step of the medication use process it is? Um, what is the article type? And, and we're kind of doing some of that, that screening as well to understand um, if it should be included or not. And when we take all of those um, into consideration, we think that that's our working definition of our of, uh, most impactful uh, that we're trying that we've been trying to use throughout the article series, and we hope that um, when we bl with the blending of all those different uh, subjects, we hope that that will allow for articles to surface that are most impactful to health system pharmacy leaders. Well, you had some specific criteria that you use in your next step, where you uh, narrow the number of articles further from 77 to 66. Could you uh, discuss those criteria? Sure. So once we get down to a, a more what I would uh, the authors would probably say is a, a reasonable amount of articles, that's when we really start digging in and we trying to understand a little bit more of uh, what explicit step of the medication use process are they, um, what explicit intervention is happening, what type of article type are they. So is it a survey? Is it a letter? Is it a randomized control trial? Is it an implementation? Um, is it a systematic review? Is, uh, and, and those are just some of the things that we're looking at. And then we're kind of further getting down into like what are the interventions and what, what are the results? And some of the things that are excluded are letters. So we might have found a letter in a journal about a significant thing of the medication use process. But in, in terms of an, a result or a intervention, it's not, there's usually not something that's studied there. Um, sometimes we're excluding uh, the surveys. Uh, sometimes we're excluding um, a project that doesn't really have an intervention. So it's, it's not clear if it's just a review article or if it's a, a more of a commentary. So sometimes those are elements that are excluded. And that's, that's really what brings us down to um, that final working um, 66 articles. Okay. Well, uh, next in your process, you invited uh, health system pharmacy practice leaders uh, associated with the University of North Carolina to rank order the 66 articles, and you had uh, 36 individuals involved in this step. Uh, then, for the paper that we're discussing here, you summarize the content of three of the top-ranked articles in each of four categories. So that's a total of 12 article summaries. Let's go through each of the four categories 
and have you name one key takeaway, one key takeaway from the top rankings that's particularly relevant to health system pharmacy. And we'll start with the uh, prescribing, transcribing category. And Stephen, could you comment on that? Yes. Uh, when, when you look at the three articles that were, were chosen, um, they really sort of look at um, uh, sort of uh, whether it's clinical decision support or indication-based prescribing or alerts, you know, in terms of evaluating their effectiveness to ensure that the prescribing scenario uh, is optimal. And uh, the other aspect that they look at when they review that is sort of, uh, you know, alert fatigue or, or finding too many. Uh, but, but I think to me to sort of succinctly sort of bring in one sort of outcome associated with it, what I've observed is that, um, you know, we need to, we as a, the pharmacy profession needs to continually sort of help refine the prescribing process with appropriate alerts and decision support tools but also recognizing we need to evaluate for their effectiveness to ensure they're achieving the outcome that we want when we put those into it. Very good. Tyler, let me turn to you about the uh, dispensing category and uh, your thoughts about one key takeaway there. Yes, thanks, Bill. You know, while there are certainly many um, that fit in this topic in terms of different dispensing, whether it be um, unit dose or through cabinets or barcode scanning or controlled substances, I think the one thing that we really found this year was interventions being studied around IV technology-assisted workflow. And two of the articles that we commented on uh, that were actually selected in the top, in the top three uh, deal with this and, and deal with um, the uh, technology-assisted workflows. That, uh, they both, both of the different, the two articles that we comment on take different angles, but I think it really just shows the um, literature that is still developing in that category, and I think it shows that there's a growing body of evidence that's coming. And, and I think one of the, the future research opportunities is, is looking at integrating gravimetric IV technology-assisted workflows into um, that category as well. Mm -hmm. I'll stick with you, Tyler, and ask you to comment on uh, the administration category of uh, articles. One key takeaway. One of our key takeaways in, in, in the administration is, apart from the articles that were selected, what we found in this is that there were quite a few international studies in, in this, uh, this section as well. And we're not quite sure, you know, why that may have happened, but it, I think it shows that in terms of not just in the United States, but there is a um, growing body of evidence of administration at looking at, you know, cost and, and effectiveness of safety technology implementation or looking at um, BCMA, barcode medication administration. And I, I think that for me, you know, one of the things that we have, have really liked and, and what, we, what we do such an expansive article search is we want to make sure that, uh, that the medication use process uh, that we articles that we report out on are not just a focus in um, the United States, but also a focus in the world as there might be other interventions outside of the United States that are important to capture. And I think that the takeaway in this section kind of help, helps illustrate that as well. Mm -hmm. Well, for the final category, monitoring, let me come back to you, Stephen. What is your one key takeaway there? So one of the things that I've actually observed with, with doing this publication over the last couple of years is that there are themes that emerge 
that sort of you, you notice a lot of publications in this arena when when you're looking through all the sort of published articles to sort of come up with the uh, most impactful ones. And uh, and I think a lot of it, if you if you sort of follow the pharmacy forecast or uh, PAI uh, that that ASHP put out, you'll notice that there are certain areas of focus and themes, and then a couple of years later one recognizes there's there's really articles focusing on that and if you look at the the three um, sort of monitoring um, articles that were were selected they're around medication reconciliation and discharge uh, medication reviews which we do recognize are, are areas of focus on health systems across the country and, and what they demonstrate and what they show is that uh, that medrec and, and discharge medication counseling can be very effective at trying to uh, help improve that patient transitioning out of the acute care environment into to a, a different setting of care. And, and so we, we are starting to see a lot more research being done in that area as, as health systems sort of implement that within their daily workflow. Well, this next uh, point I'd like to discuss, um, I'm going to, ask, going to ask each of you to comment on. You know, I found it quite striking that more than half of the 12 top articles came from non-pharmacy journals. Stephen, your thoughts about that? Yeah, that was a very striking finding um, that we had also uh, as, as we've sort of done this over the past few years is that um, th there's a lot of great research or um, or just a lot of research being done, um, but it's in journals that none of us read, maybe none of us are aware of, that are getting published out there. And, and um, you know, a lot of it's done within their country um, or, or it's done in medical journals that, uh, that are typically not read by, by pharmacy leaders. And, and I, you know, that is a surprising uh, aspect, but it's also comforting that it's there's a huge body of literature that continues to get added to that uh, that's outside of the realm of, of typical pharmacy journals. And, mm -hmm. and, and it demonstrates that the pharmacy profession has significant impact in, in other spheres that, that typically we don't think about. But, but I think it also highlights the, the, the aspect that uh, there could be more research being published in the journals that we typically read, like AJHP is, um, is one that I would sort of highlight that we need to continue to be always asking um, any sort of uh, technology we put in or any change to workflow, is it having its intended effect? And then sort of demonstrating that by publishing it in the literature so that others can learn from it. Tyler, what are your thoughts about this? You know, I largely agree with Stephen as well. Um, when we initially started this uh, search, we actually didn't have a, on our first article, have a targeted approach to how we were going to identify pharmacy articles. And as, as we got uh, feedback from peer review and as we worked to further define our methods, we um, found an article that could help point us in the direction of some of the pharmacy um, practice article or practice journals rather that are out there to help identify some of these articles and, and we describe that piece in our methods of the paper but ultimately what, what started happening is we still kept our mess subject headings and then we blended it with the table of contents and what we found is that you know that some of the table of contents uh, will uh, will filter in but also will still have some of these articles that are from the, the non-pharmacy journals and, and I think that 
that really represents what what's occurring out there. There's there's a lot of good uh, research and, and good publications that are being written, and and we really wanted this to be a uh, all encompassing search. So while we want to highlight the good interventions that are happening in the pharmacy journals, we also believe that there are other journals maybe outside of uh, that a pharmacy leader might be familiar with that are also discussing good interventions and we want to make sure that we're able to account for those as well so we've designed an article search now that is kind of blends both of those pieces and we continue to refine it every year to focus on journals that might not be included today um, that we hope to bring to light in the future to continue to um, have those uh, that really robust literature search well, I think both of you are making some important points here about uh, really vital information showing up uh, in areas that uh, pharmacists might not typically be reading. So very important points. Um, Tyler, uh, finally, as we uh, bring this conversation to a close, let me ask you to imagine the pharmacy department in a hospital that is updating its strategic plan and wants to be sure that it considers the latest evidence-based practices in the medication use process. How would you advise the leaders in that department to use your article for that process? Yeah, I think that where I would first start out by saying that with strategic planning being such a, a big topic, we wouldn't want to just deep dive just into one area, but many. And I and I think ASHP has many, and in the journal HHP as well, has many resources that are provided in terms of strategic planning, rather it be toolkits or looking at PAI 2030 or focusing on the pharmacy forecast. You know, I think that our goal is for this article to just be that one more piece. So what we're hoping is that we're identifying interventions that are out there that can help pharmacy departments think of. So one of those that we've already talked about today is IV technology-assisted workflows. So maybe your organization hasn't um, hasn't invested in that or, or spent time evaluating that yet, but, you know, that, that can be like one takeaway. Or maybe there, there can be other aspects of dispensing. Certainly when you think about controlled substances, that, that could be a challenge um, across, the, across the nation of everyone trying to figure out how to have you know additional accountability and a closed loop process around um, those medications? You know, uh, maybe it's other things where you're talking about smart pumps or further integrating your um, uh, computer physician order entry or in your EHR of your choice or clinical decision support. You know, we've talked about um, that there are many uh, articles that we've identified in the monitoring section, which continues to be a trend that we see um, the most articles in that section. And, you know, maybe there's things around having different trigger tools or medication reconciliation. So really, I guess in summary, what we're trying to say is that we're hoping that these trends that are being identified apart from the individual articles can be looked at, of, you know, and when you're sitting down with your leadership team and, and in a strategic planning conversation of, are we doing this? Have we thought about this? Where are we at? And it's kind of um, that whole uh, cascade of that spectrum of we haven't looked at this, we're starting the conversation, we've implemented this, now we're evaluating it. And wh wherever you are on that spectrum, we're hoping that this article helps you evaluate, you know, where you might want to go versus where you might want to think about going versus like what you may want to um, add your own findings. Well, very good. Those are helpful comments. So, uh, Tyler and Stephen, thank you very much for having this conversation with me. I think it'll help listeners appreciate the value of your article. 
This is William Zelmer. I've been speaking with Dr. Tyler Vest and Dr. Stephen Eckel regarding their article, Practice Enhancing Publications about the Medication Use Process in 2019. Thank you for listening. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, the premier source for impactful, relevant, and cutting-edge professional and scientific content that drives optimal medication use and health outcomes, please visit www.ajhp.org.